spend some time with you and the children. Are you crazy? The Tenenbaums have always been geniuses, but it will take a father like Royal. I want this family to love me. To make them a family. You probably don't even know my middle name. That's a trick question. You don't have one. Angelica Houston with his Paltrow, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Danny Glover, and Bill Murray, the Royal Tenenbaums. He also stole bonds out of my safety deposit box when I was 14. <laughs> Rated R, now playing in select cities. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hello. Welcome Hello. back. Can't wait to talk about this movie. We've been waiting to do this movie for We a have long been time. waiting to do this movie. 20... Two years, twenty-two. Wow! Oh my God! Can you believe that? How yeah, old I don't want. I don't want. This movie is twenty-two years. Think old. about. Oh God! <laughs> Everybody out there listening, my name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and, and these, these are the, the movies, movies that made us gay. gay. Yes, Mark, welcome back to the show. Thank you. We Thank you just gentlemen. had movie night, and we watched. The Royal Ton of Moms, directed by Wes Anderson, yes. debuted at the New York Film Festival October fifth, two thousand one. Later opened limited okay. December 14th. Okay, 2001. So it's 21 years old. Yeah. <laughs> still. Mm-hmm. still I was just wow. checking my letterbox before, like right after we recorded, and yeah. I've had four 2001 movies in a row that I've logged. So sure. I've had a little 2001 film festival. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pete, can you name all of them that we watched? Uh, the Moulin Rouge. The Moulin Rouge. Mm. Um, we watched it right after we watched Elvis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Wet Hot American Summer uh, is yes. 2001. I mean, the classic. And we watched a little bit of Shrek last night. Shrek one. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's true that, classic. It, isn't that wild <laughs> that like Shrek came out the same year as the Royal Tenenbaums? I mean, shit. It's been a long time. It was a great year for movies. It was a wonderful year mm-hmm. for movies. Both mm-hmm. got screenplay nominations. Okay. The same year at the Oscars. All right, all right. Who won? Uh, I believe in Adapt and Adapted that Shrek was nominated for a Beautiful Mind one and oh. an original. Uh, Julian Fellows won for Gosford Park. Oh yes, Gosford. And Park. yes, I know that off the top of my head. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. From <laughs> yeah, that. I was going to say. Yeah, I think we would have got that. The Royal Ten of Moms, a movie yes, that I yes. feel like we've tossed back and forth with doing on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wanted to do it. So I, I like sort of jumped at a chance to talk yeah. about this movie. Yeah. Wes Anderson. Yep. I mean, the Gwyneth Paltrow of it all. Oh I remember really gravitating to when yes. I was young watching this. Oh, yeah. But I think we should probably talk about when we first watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Did you want to go first? Sure. I'd love to. Yeah. Um, so my mom was... The, the movie connoisseur of the family. I remember sure. like after Tuesdays after school when all the new releases would come out, you know, we'd go to Hollywood video mm-hmm. and get all the new releases and, um, picked up Royal Tenenbaums, uh, you know, wasn't familiar with Wes Anderson. I don't even think my mom was familiar with Wes Anderson. It was just mm-hmm. what was out. Um, watched it. Um, I think I watched it every day of that five day rental. Yeah. Uh, and then for my birthday that year, and mind you, I was 2001. So I was, nine ten years old okay. what nine ten year old asked for the royal tenenbaums <laughs> for their birthday present the criterion edition the criterion of edition no, right course <laughs> yeah i thought you were gonna say like a royal tenenbaums birthday party oh. birthday party because that would have been my jam if i, I would have been, been a child and i watched this movie. oh the, no the, i was obsessed with this movie i yeah, mean this movie yeah. took over my identity i definitely identified with the gwyneth paltrow sure. margaret tenenbaum of yeah, it all yeah you know, sneaking cigarettes and, <laughs> you know, the eyeliner, the eyes on shirts, everything. Yeah. 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 
the furs. The, uh, <laughs> the furs, yes. Wow. Scott, mm-hmm. when when did you first see this? So my first memory of this movie, um, I mean, I would have had... I think that I remember reading about this in either like a summer... Or like a fall movie preview of that uh-huh. year. It was probably like Premiere Magazine or something. Okay. But I remember when I was at CityWalk at the time. Okay. And we were about to watch the movie Rat Race. And this Another was 2001 classic. Another 2001 <laughs> classic. And this was in, in the trailers. Okay. And I just remember mm. thinking, this looks fucking incredible. Yeah. I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah. And my gay ass, my mm-hmm. gay teenage ass <laughs> had to wait until July of this movie. Oh, sure. So I was following this movie as it was coming out. Yeah. The Oscar nomination, because it was just nominated in screenplay. I remember following all of that. The awards conversation. Yeah. I had to wait until July to okay. see this movie. Sure. And I remember we were visiting Nicole in Missoula. We were probably at her apartment at the time. And I had my mom buy this at Costco. Just buy it. Just buy yeah. it. Buy it sight unseen. Buy it. Yeah. Sure. Like, I did not rent this movie. Yeah. I Like, we immediately bought it. Yeah. Because I just had to see this movie. Yeah. I was so... Yeah fucking excited about it mm-hmm. and, this, and this pink criterion that yeah? looks like a book and i want to say yeah. one of the first Love criterions it. that i mm-hmm. maybe ever owned oh yeah. yeah i owned this movie not even knowing what the criterion right. collection was and right. now i have like th- like three shelves in our blu-ray collection that are reserved <laughs> yeah. for criterion yeah now we bookmark it the, was yeah. the criterion <laughs> barnes and noble sale yeah. Yeah, like, I think it was one of the first I ever owned. And I remember, like, combing through all of the extras. I loved it. And I feel like I remember watching it with my mom and stepdad. And both of them didn't really care for it. Sure, same. And I remember just sort of being like, are you not watching what I'm watching? (laughs) Especially with, like, my stepdad. Because my stepdad Mm. was definitely the one to talk about film with when I was young. Yeah, Don knows what's up. And even Don is just like... It wasn't for me. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's a very specific. So yeah, movie. and then yeah. kind of a movie that my best friend and I in high school always watched together. Yeah, like my my best friend Jamie. This was mm-hmm. one of her all time favorite movies that we would always quote lines from the movie. Yeah. Uh, just reference certain things that uh, either Gene Hackman would say or Gwyneth Paltrow, and it was just like our movie. Yeah, in yeah. high school. Yeah. Um, this was definitely during that golden age of DVD, deluxe extras. edition DVD yes. renaissance with yeah. the extras and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm sure there probably was a non-criterion no, I don't think there was. To I, don't buy. Think there was. I don't think there I, was. Maybe there was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think yeah. there was. And this probably really, like, furthered the Criterion brand probably. on DVD. Yeah. Because I was going to say, like... In that golden era of the DVD special feature, mm-hmm. you know, I think the three of us faggots were the ones yep. that were like, I'm buying the special edition. We're getting the Moulin Rouge yeah. DVD. <laughs> yes. We're getting the... <laughs> I am not getting this full screen, bare bones, nothing. No, Hell we got no. everything. And for this one, I think you guys are absolutely right. I think this was the mm-hmm. only way you could buy it, which yeah. was mm-hmm. fine by me. It yeah. has everything on there. And so. I always will remember this... DVD came out in July because this was at a time when movies came out in the theater, and especially if it, it was a, a year if it was out. a late <laughs> year release, yeah, that motherfucker wasn't yeah. going to be out until the summer. Yeah. yeah, so I remember it's like this: A Beautiful Mind in the bedroom, <laughs> and the, yeah. those DVDs yeah. Yeah. all came out sure. yeah. in the summer. Yeah, so uh, I go back a little further with Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, my good friend Moran, friend of the pod. 
Friend of the Pod Moran. Friend of the Pod Moran. Uh, working Girl episode. I remember her from Working yeah, Girl or Baby Boom. And uh, she was very much into Bottle Rocket. Yeah. Mm. And I didn't see Bottle Rocket in the theater. And I feel like I watched Bottle Rocket Way directly later. after I watched this movie. Because that was yeah. the thing. If yeah. you re- read EW or Premiere or whatever, yeah. you're like, oh, this guy, this is where he came yeah, from. Yeah, this was my right. Wes Anderson gateway drug. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wes Anderson from Texas. So interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yep. Out of Austin, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see Bottle Rocket. Uh, but when Rushmore came out, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a big deal. Big deal. Yep. It yeah. was a big deal. Um, it was a big deal for me and my friends. You know, Wes Anderson, we were just like, this guy, this guy, this guy, we'll keep an eye on this kid. He gets He's it. going places. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, we go out, we see this. It's Jason Schwartzman. You know, he is a drummer in Phantom Planet who we like followed as a band previous to Rushmore. So we were just like, okay, this is all in our wheelhouse, right? We see Rushmore. Love it. You know, by, and that was a Criterion DVD. Mm-hmm. Well, Wes Anderson yep. is like. Only exclusively oh, yeah. on Criterion exactly. now. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, just really kind of keyed into all of that Wes Anderson-ness and yeah. Bill Murray and everything. And, yeah, I remember seeing the trailer. I don't remember what movie we were seeing. God, it was... It wasn't Rat Race? It was not Rat Race because I did Aww. not see that in the theater. It may have been, I don't know, but Charlie's Angels, what would it have been? You know, and I'm sitting there... And I see this trailer, and I just, like, I feel like I had mm-hmm. my elbow in, like, <laughs> my best friend, like, Damien's ribs the entire time the trailer's on. And we were just, I've, I don't know what movie it was. And I remember after the movie going, mm-hmm. we have to see that yeah. movie. Yeah. That trailer we just saw. Yeah, it was the same that way. Of that when I watched it, and it's one of those trailers that when you watch it, you're like, I need to see this movie now and we were like this yeah. movie is made for us yes like this is made for our people absolutely like, we know yeah. what this story is going to be and who these people are mm-hmm. and all that and um yeah saw the theater loved it immediately bought mm-hmm. the dvd when it came out and watched it hundreds <laughs> i also yeah. bought the soundtrack before i saw the movie sure oh yeah i i want to say You've that i bought it soundtrack guy i bought it which before i saw i I even want to say that I bought the soundtrack, like, probably right when we got the disc. Okay. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, great soundtrack. It's great. Probably soundtrack. picked it up at, like, so Rock and Rudy's in Missoula. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. as we were watching this, Donovan, you know, this soundtrack kind of, like, keyed so many people in to... Nico and oh, the yeah. Underground. It literally, and, yeah, it was my, my gateway into yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. A Ramon song that probably wasn't in heavy rotation before this movie. Yeah. Too. Which is crazy because mm-hmm. it's so good. So good. So good. You know? Uh, and I think that's just like the, it's like when Wes Anderson is that kind of director that just kind of everything is exactly what it's supposed There's to be. There's intentionality yeah. in, in every, every single scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean we will talk about the Wes Andersonness of sure. everything of course. and how, where it is today, the evolution. The evolution of it and but it was just so fresh at the time and yeah. I think this more so mm-hmm. than even than Rushmore. Yeah, definitely. It, it fits into Rushmore, but this I think was mm-hmm. the one where it was it's like the perfect kind of explanation of what he kind is. of it opens up. It yeah. opens up that Wes Anderson universe yeah. too. Yeah, and it's that th- that easy explanation is like, 
you know, pause it on any frame in the movie and it's a postcard. Yeah. Pause it on any frame and mm-hmm. it's a picture. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all mm-hmm. these compositions. Yeah. But on top of that, it's the compositions are there, but part of it is the wardrobe and the styling and mm-hmm. the, the music. music. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything just fits so well together. So before we get too into the discussion on the Royal Tenenbaum, yes, we are going to do our leading ladies quiz. Because I believe that this <laughs> is, I think this is the fourth. Gwyneth Paltrow movie that we've done on the podcast. Fourth Gwyneth Paltrow so, movie. Uh, we've done... <laughs> no. Sorry, that was really loud. <laughs> Royal Mom's Hook, okay. our Christmas episode. She has a brief uh, scene in Hook. Barely in Hook. Oh. She, she has that, a very okay. brief but memorable scene But crucial scene. Crucial scene yeah, of Hook. Yeah, yeah. And uh, View from the Top. Um, um, a movie not, that yeah. I remember when we did. I'm like, is this the worst movie that we've ever talked about on the podcast. How dare you? <laughs> View from the Top is a classic right up there with Rat Race. Oh, jeez. Um, and then, Mean. of course, like Sliding Doors. Sliding well, Doors. Well, and Talented Mr. Yeah. Ripley. And Talented <gasps> Mr. Ripley. Excuse oh, yeah. me. Yeah. I, how how dare. Like, this, like, queer erasure. How, how very dare. I know. Ripley I will not this, stand for this. this podcast. Talented, <laughs> erasure. <laughs> so, uh, kind of on the podcast, yes. when we have actresses that uh, kind of get up there with episodes, it's usually four mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. I like to do the leading ladies quiz. We like to call them in. We have Gwenny on the phone right yep. now. She's, we're, we're, She's on line two. Mm-hmm. hello Um, hello can either of you you can kind of tag team all of this can you name the four movies on her imdb most known for the four movies when you look her up for what avengers endgame oh yeah are any of them marvel one is marvel one is take the it's an interesting marvel choice and it makes sense when you sort of look at the movie so it's not iron man it's not endgame it is not iron man one it's not endgame it's, n- it's not either of the end games. Is it Iron Man 2? No. It's Iron Man 3. It's Iron Man it's 3. Iron Man 3 Why is that, Iron Man 3? Is that because she becomes the Iron Lady. She, that, she, becomes, like, she becomes the Iron Lady. <laughs> she becomes the Iron Lady. <laughs> yeah. She, she misses Iron Man in that one. Yeah. So like you get like her little uh, Iron Man suit moment in that yes. movie. So it kind of makes okay. sense. Okay. All right. It's okay. probably the most that she ever does in all of those movies. Like how we named Iron all of them and we're finally like, is it Iron Man 3? Okay. Yeah. So Iron Man 3 is one of them. Okay. Now we got three more Gwenny movies. Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love is there. Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love. That's, that's the win. Okay. Number one. Yep. Um, Two more. I'm going to say. That she's most. Both, like, iconic. Would this be one of the movies? Excluding the world. It's not there. It's not Royal Tenenbaum. Okay. Even with its kind of stack cast, like, it's not there. Please don't tell me Shallow Hal is one of them. No, Shallow Hal is not there. Is Talented Miss Ripley on there? No. (gasps) Okay. Uh, Well, it's definitely not proof. Um, um, Okay, then it has to be. The one where she plays Sylvia Plath? No. Sliding Doors? Sliding Doors is there. <gasps> okay, so we have... One of my favorites. So we have Sliding yeah. Doors. We have uh, Iron you Man 3. You need to watch Sliding Doors. I, I really You're do. You're like really into British shit. So like, <laughs> I she am. Does a, she does a really passable... An, like, an well, what what did you say it was like very akin to, you were telling me? I mean, I feel like the movie kind of coined the term Sliding Doors moment mm-hmm. in just pop culture. Yeah. So... Um, and it's got the Dido soundtrack. It the, has it the Dido it? Thank You song yeah. was on it. I mean, okay, it's just, we got. Let's get this in number okay, four. One more. Way. Um, it's from the nineties. This was a big Miramax push. Yeah, for I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. No, no, she's not in Swingers. She's in the it, other one. It's um, Ethan Hawke. No, Great Expectations. <gasps> not Great Expectations. I love no. that movie. Okay, then that's not a that's not a Miramax movie. It's an, no. That's a get that's, right out that's, of that's the most that's non Miramax wow. Miramax movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Fox. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. Um. All right. Nineties uh, Gwyneth. It is a costume 
period piece. But he already says Shakespeare in Shakespeare love. Not Shakespeare. In love. Oh, Emma. It's Emma. Yep. Emma. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wow, this that was one, a journey. That was, <laughs> it was a journey. So uh, what is Thanks the highest grossing movie of hers? Avengers. This, Avengers Endgame? <laughs> it's, it, it's Avengers Endgame. What okay. is the it's highest rated Infinity movie War. on Rotten Tomatoes? Avengers Endgame. It's 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 Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah. Is it all going to be Marvel full, from now on? Well, I mean, yeah. no. I I, I no. tried to yeah. sort of because she works really ever. hard in those movies too. She, I mean, she's really ask put, Sebastian Stan. She's putting in the work. <laughs> you know, I mean, for as much shit as people give Gwyneth Paltrow, I always stand by her, and I will say in Iron Man, I think her in the first chemistry, Iron Man. I think her chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. Kiss. Yeah. is really really yeah. good, yeah. Yeah. and that's one of it's one of those things that Robert Downey Jr. knew when they were casting that that no, we need a movie star, yeah, yeah. that like that that type of relationship lends itself yeah. to someone who's just a huge fucking star, yeah, yeah. and I think that she's Love really it. fun in those roles. Love it. Um, what is the what is the lowest rated movie of hers in Rotten Tomato? No, it's not Shallow How. <laughs> yep. Ooh. Is it View from the Top? It is, is she it, in Movie 43? It is not quite View from the Top. <laughs> view from the Top follows it closely at 14%. This is at 12%. 12%. And she's I not in Movie 43? would be shocked to see if either of you have seen it. I have seen it. 12% on Rotten 12% Tomatoes. 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. It, with uh, Gwyneth. She Give me stars, one she stars across Jessica Lange. I forget who plays her husband, her fiance in the movie. Oh, it's some like psychological thriller. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, uh, mother-in-law from Hell movie. I don't remember the name of it. It's Hush. Hush. Yep. Oh, there you go. Hush. And I want to say I that like see it now. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty bananas. Movie. I remember that. Yeah. Um, what did Gwyneth say is the worst movie for her career? I want to say that she was on a podcast and she was asked this. This is Shallow Hell. It's it, Shallow yeah. Hell. She said Shallow <laughs> Hell. I'm, be glad, our, I'm glad she regrets our that. stock answer for everything. Yeah, um, <laughs> Shallow Hell, a movie that she probably made pretty close to World Tenenbaum. Was that Fairly Brothers? Fairly Brothers. Yep. Mm. Um, talking anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Ha- oh, okay. What did Gwyneth win her Emmy for? Emmy, she has an Oscar, and an Emmy. What did she win it for? She Glee. It. It's Glee. Yep. She won it in Guest <laughs> on Glee. Guest Glee. star. <laughs> For Holly Holiday on Glee. Oh, wow. I feel like I sort of remember her on Glee, and that's right when I dropped off watching it. Any chance to hear old Goopy sing? Yeah, I'm in. She she can hold a tune. That song with her and Huey Lewis, she can hold an auto-tune. Yeah, she can hold an (laughs) auto-tune. She can can hold some Pro Tools. What's the the other song that she did with um, Huey Lewis? She did did, uh, Cruisin'. Cruisin', yeah. And that was on... um, yeah, that was on duets directed by her dad. I wanna fly. She did away, turning tables on Glee, which was pretty good. Um, I love it. Oh, we don't have the rights. Get it, song. girl. <laughs> there are three movies nominated for Best Kiss at the MTV Movie Jesus. Awards. Can you name any of them? Three Gwyneth. One movies? of them won mm-hmm. for Best Kiss. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna throw it back to Ethan Hawke and say. That is a good. What the movie. hell is the name of that? Great, great expectations. expectations. That is not great expectations. What? Was it okay. Shakespeare in Love? <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. She won for what? Yeah, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. She won an MTV Movie Award. Yeah, I okay. remember. I remember she did like a. She wasn't there when she accepted it, but she did like a. Yeah, she's not like showing up best to the kiss. MTV is there? Like, an, is there an Emma best kiss in there? Emma's not no. there. Um, one of them. She. Uh, one of these was a romance. 
that was produced by Miramax bounce. in the early 2000s. It's Bounce. Yep. <laughs> he knew it was Bounce. Bounce. That, that kind of terrible movie that I remember being really, I remember bounce. being real yeah. disappointed with why when did I watched I that when I was a teenager. Why did I not guess And about? one of these, Pete, you love this movie. I love this Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Yeah, like you kind of stand by this movie. I mean, what else okay. do you got for me as far as clues? Um, Interesting. Is yeah. there hit or miss with I know. It is, very, um, very hot or cold with, with Gwyneth. I mean, it, yeah. she, reu- she reunites with a talented Mr. Ripley co-star in it. Jesus. It's a Jude Law. Or uh, yeah. Damon. Or Matt Damon. It's Jude Law. It's Jude Law. It is... Oh! It's a Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. My favorite Gwyneth Paltrow movie. <laughs> we, when, we were, when we were cleaning out our apartment from our I was our like, move, you will not throw that away. We found a Sky Captain poster, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, it, that is the stupidest movie. Mm-hmm. And I love it. And it's all yeah. on blue screen. It's all on green screen. Yeah. That's right. I remember that was like. And the like the story behind that movie is that it was a short film that like. Yeah. They just he sold it based on the short film he that he made with his friends in the, the garage. And, and got, Angie's in there with a British accent, which I love. I uh, love Angie. Uh, Angie doing an accent. I saw that in our campus dollar so theater good. in college. So good. Um, t- there, is, there are two roles from 1997 that she turned down. Okay. Can you name either of them? From 90 uh, Titanic. Oh, Titanic was one of yeah, them. Okay. I don't know if she turned Rose it down or if she just read for it. Sure. And I know that when she was reading for it, I believe that uh, Matthew McConaughey was who she was reading with. She was testing with him. For Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> would be so interesting. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, mean, probably, I mean, it just would have been a very different dynamic. Okay. But yeah. so you never know. It, it could have worked. And uh, Queen Amidala. There's another one on no. here that she had worked with this director previously. And, not, and it was in 1997. Yep. Okay. Um... <laughs> I don't know who she was. Uh, Previous to 97, mm-hmm. who the hell was she working with? Her dad? She did a movie called Hard Eight with Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, Paul Anderson. Thomas Anderson. Yep. Mm. And she turned so down she turned a role in Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights? Okay. Was, was she going to be the Heather Graham character? She was going to be Roller Probably, Girl. Probably, yeah. <gasps> yeah. No. No. And she said, um, she said, I think that she told the story on Stern about turning it down. My grandfather, who I was, I was very close with him, and he was pretty conservative. I just thought, I can't be totally naked like giving a BJ on screen. I'd kill my grandfather. So I didn't do it. And by the way, Heather Graham was perfect, so it all worked out. But then she went and did this interview on Stern. Well, I mean, this yeah, would be this Stern per- gets this everyone, probably though. been like a few yeah. years ago. I know, I know. But it's but it's like it's like Gwyneth in the studio, and Stern's like, look at your breasts. Look at those. Look at those breasts. <laughs> look at those. <laughs> That's a pretty good turn, and it's like Winnie, like with like yeah, she's got like a turtleneck yeah. on. <laughs> she's like, oh Howard, she strikes oh, me Howard. as very, very prim and proper. Yeah, 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 totally. I, yeah, she doesn't strike me as someone who's willing to take her clothes off. Well, I don't know. I, th- I think that Gwyneth is pretty funny in interviews. No, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think she has a certain level of. I know this Gwyneth persona is yeah. cuckoo. And that's my thing about Gwyneth is I do think she's in on the joke. But it is cuckoo, though. Yeah, it's but, crazy, but I think Gwyneth no. is fully in on how ridiculous the entire image is. Fingers crossed. I yeah. think mm-hmm. that, uh, what's that that show on Netflix um, with Ben Platt where she the plays politician? the politician? Oh, yeah, the politician. Yeah. I feel like that is the closest to what she is like in real life. Okay. Just this aloof, rich bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking of aloof, rich bitch. What language is she fluent in? Spanish. She's French. She is she's, fluent in she's Spanish. Probably that is Spanish because I know that yeah. she's been on Mario Batali's show. French, yeah. um, it, it is French. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She uh, used to frequent the south of France when she was a young yeah. child. There are uh, listeners. There are videos of 
on YouTube of Gwyneth Paltrow speaking perfect Spanish on like talk shows, and it's kind of fierce. You know, kind of a missed opportunity of her career. I know that she doesn't work a lot. She kind of is this mogul. Mm-hmm. But I could see Gwyneth, kind of like Jodie Foster, of just doing a French movie. Yeah. A French or a Ooh, Spanish movie. Yeah. She'd and go just work with, like, with Almodovar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I Ooh. mean, uh, Jodie Foster's fluent in Spanish, and she did mm-hmm. a, a very long engagement. I'd love to French. see her do a French movie mm-hmm. with Lake. Yep. Yeah, that'd be so. That'd be fierce. But yeah, yeah but yeah. but can just do an entire role yeah. Yeah, in yeah, like yeah. a foreign mm-hmm. language. Yeah, I'd like to see Gwyneth kind of for like. I mean, she doesn't work a lot. I think the politician was probably the last project yeah. that she's been in. Mm-hmm. But I could see her doing something like that. Um, right. Can you for oh, our last question? Last can question. you name all of the major celebrities that she's dated? I was just trying to make a list. Oh, for fuck's sake, Chris uh, Martin. <laughs> Chris Martin married to. Yep. That's okay, Siri. Don't worry. about it. It's okay, Siri. Um. Well, Brad, Brad, yeah, Brad. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Lenny Kravitz. Do you know who her Hank Azaria, her current husband? Yeah. Oh, Brad. Brad Falchuk, who produces Brad American Falchuk, Story. Who produces American uh, Horror Story? American Horror Story. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anybody else? Anybody big in there that we're missing? There's Ben. Ben, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Affleck. Dated around the time Bounce came out. Sure. Um, I, apparently she dated Scott Speedman, which, I mean, I guess. I mean, okay. why wouldn't you not date? Yeah, I mean, yeah, too beautiful. <laughs> that is tall. a hunk of man right there. Yeah. Mm. And I also found out, and I tried to Google pictures of them together, Brian Adams. The the Canadian rock singer yeah. Brian Adams, my favorite Brian Adams, Summer of '69. <laughs> wow, thought that was interesting. I, I feel I, like he's I considerably older. Did than find this. some pictures of them, so yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. You better work, Gwyneth. Yeah. So I mean, that's our it's our Gwyneth quiz. Mm-hmm. All right, we love it. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> you both did. <laughs> that was the show. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun. We love Gwyneth. We love giving her shit. But yeah, it's Gwyneth. She turns it so solid. She turns. She does turn it. Yeah, Yeah. and this is a movie where she turns it. I mean, and especially for the type of dry role that Mm -hmm. I mean, not a lot of actresses could probably nail all these lines and not just totally feel like a poser as they're doing it in a parallel universe. Who would be cast in this movie? Uh, I mean, this is probably one of those things that the role was probably always intended for Gwyneth. Sure, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe like an Anne Heche. Okay. Ooh, and Hay should be a really good Margot mm-hmm. Tannenbaum. Yeah. But if this movie came out like three years earlier, yeah, she she probably would have been a little too old for this in mm-hmm. two thousand one. Mm-hmm. What? 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 Well, actually, well, Margot, if you do the math, Margot's thirty four. Okay, so movie. I mean, probably yeah. she says she's been smoking for twenty two years, mm-hmm. and she started smoking at twelve. I mean, all of the Tannenbaums are probably in the early thirties. And Margot's thir- thirty four. And Gwyneth was like thirty exactly yeah. in the, when this year when this movie came out. She was mm-hmm. born in seventy one. Yeah, older. So than, the characters older the characters than Gwyneth. Older. Yep. Um, and I feel like Anne Heche was probably about that age at yeah. that year, about thirty four. I'm kind of going for Anne Heche. Okay, mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. Who could play her now? Could, ooh, now. That should probably be like an Elizabeth Olsen. Or I could see L Fanning. I could see L. All right. Neither of the Fanning sisters. I could see Dakota. I could see Lizzie. I could see... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this. I love this. She's adopted. It could be Zendaya. Yeah. (laughs) I wish. It always goes back to Zendaya. Always goes back to (laughs) Zendaya. She could play any role. She's our new She could do anything. (laughs) 
No, it, pro- it probably would be Zendaya. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, well, we are going to talk about this adoption storyline. Oh, yeah. I mean, and whether or not this was kind of shoehorned in because this Richie, you know, and Margot mm-hmm. love story mm-hmm. was too... Like, do you think that there was an original pass where they were actually? I think there is, isn't there? I think there's so, yeah, there was, an original pass. I was where there just reading siblings. the tw- the trusted source that is Wikipedia, right? Um, and in the in the original pass, solid of the script, solid gold that yeah. Wikipedia, mm-hmm. can, ironclad, yeah, yeah, probably the entry written by Wes Anderson, <laughs> Wes himself, <laughs> yeah. But right, mm-hmm. that's that's in there, right? Yeah, that it's it was there originally. That. She was not adopted, mm-hmm. and I think it was just a thing where, like, as the script got kind of passed back and forth, they were like, "You got, you got to do something about this." Yeah, like this is not going to. Because even with even with them being, even with Margot being an adopted sibling, yeah. they grew up together. Yeah, mm-hmm. they grew up together as brother and sister. Yeah, so it's like maybe I don't even I I, I can't speak on this, but it's like mm-hmm. maybe two parents of adopted children or whatever. But I don't even think that would make it. So I think to siblings of adopted children, it's like that's your sister, dude. That's your brother. If you're if you're brought up with them, and even yeah. with step siblings and all that, yeah. it's like even with step siblings that are mm-hmm. only over on yeah. the weekends, yeah. that's my brother. You know, like to me. So I I think it's it's a little sticky kind of, but you know but whatever that, it, exi- that it exists. Scene in, in the, the tent w- where they kiss is kind of hot. I mean, it I exists in the West <laughs> Anderson universe, so I guess I kind of buy it. <laughs> Get the Rolling Stones playing Ooh, on the final. Yeah, it's a mood <laughs> it for a, sure. It is a mood, yeah, in this tiny little tent mm-hmm. with a little matchbox cars. Cute Luke Wilson too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is so cute in this. This movie. is post shaved head when they when they have mm-hmm. the scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, get out of here. You clocked, and I always forget about it that um, the other Wilson brother plays your dad. Oh, well, in the, the cutaway, yeah, yep. mm-hmm. is that the thing that that's her? That's her real family, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yep. when she runs away to go find her yes. real, her real family, yeah. I love the look on her face when she's telling Arya and Uzi that. I, I just love, <laughs> I just love like the subtle acting Gwyneth mm-hmm. when she's looking at those two kids. That shit is amazing when she's telling them the story. That kooky aunt or oh, like sure. kooky cousin or whatever that's just telling that you as a little child are like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Telling you stories. Didn't you want to get it so back on? Wasn't worth it. One more thing. What happened to your finger? Oh, shh. It's okay, I'll tell you. I'm adopted. Did you know that? Well, I am. When I was 14, I went to find my real family. They live in Indiana. All right, now just set one of them hickory trunks right up top there, Sister Maggie. Try to sew it back on. Wasn't worth it. <laughs> some some of her line delivery is just yeah, it's really good, it's really good, so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's obviously we're like sticking on Gwyneth, but like, yeah. there's a lot of really good performances in this movie. Yeah, so many. Um, and I uh, not I not the least that- of which Angelica Houston. Angelica Houston, oh, really yeah. good in this movie. <laughs> Turning um, it out. And I know that. Uh, Gene Hackman was interesting oh, yeah. because yes. Gene Hackman initially did not want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I had read the potential backups were Michael Caine and Gene Wilder. Sure. Gene but Wilder. Gene Wilder I think would have been interesting. It was written yeah. for, Gene Wa- for Gene Hackman. 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 Sure. Hackman. Sure. Yeah. Hackman. 
And I think that once he signed on, a majority of the cast sort of, when Gene sure. signed on. Yeah, yeah, they were like, okay, so followed. this is going to be an A-list movie. And I know yeah, that yeah, probably yeah. both Gwyneth and Ben's availability in the early 2001 when this was shooting was probably pretty limited. Mm-hmm. Ben yeah. would have just been coming off of directing a movie. So it was probably oh. just like, you got me for these certain days. Yeah. Oh, and Ben they, Stiller. I, they probably yeah. had to shuffle mm-hmm. their, sure. their yeah. filming schedules around the he had just come off Zoolander. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. What's interesting also is like this movie kind of predates the Wes Anderson stock players. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, now, yeah we, now we see familiar faces <clears throat> in all of his films. Yeah. But this is one of the few where like this cast just yeah. assembled for this. Just, right. I mean, but up to this point, it was just the Wilson brothers. Wilson yeah. brothers. Like, and, okay. We know yeah. the Wilson brothers Murray. are coming. And, and Bill Murray. And now at this point, Bill yeah. Murray had come in from Rushmore, yeah. but then yeah, you're absolutely right. Bill After Murray, this is like, and Joe Houston, like uh, mm-hmm. all these people, Bill Murray, back. if there was ever a chance to give him the Academy award, it would have been for Rushmore. Yeah. As a great yep. performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Forget like so lost good. in translation. No. Like yeah. it, it like probably should have been for that. I think movie. it should have been for Rushmore. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. I think that Gene Wilder would have been an interesting choice, especially because Royal Tenenbaum is such a son of a bitch. An SOB yeah. character. Yeah. 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 I like that's the term that the movie settles on. Of how to describe <laughs> describe him is that he's a son of a bitch. Like, well, I don't think you're an asshole. You're just a, you're son, just of a, a bitch. son of a bitch. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> but I love the fact that he says like I'm kind of an asshole, yeah. and that's just kind of my thing, and everybody yeah. knows it. Whatever. Um, so Gene Wilder would have been an interesting choice mm-hmm. because people just have this idea in their head of Gene Wilder of just being this like benevolent it's Willy Wonka. Yeah, Willy but Wonka also uh, from what I've read, uh, kind of maybe, a son of a bitch. Maybe is he is kind of a son of a bitch in real yeah. life. I know that when <laughs> yeah, when yeah. Terry Gar talks about working with him in yeah. Young Frankenstein, she does not really have nice things to say Ooh, about him. Sure, yep. sure, sure. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Gene Hackman is just kind of an inspired choice, and yeah. the, his. Especially when he's in scenes with Angelica Houston, so good. I oh mean, yeah, yeah. That we talked. I mean, I blurted it out as we we're watching it. But the scene where he kind of sneaks up on Angelica yes. Houston and he's like, "I'm dying. I'm not dying." Yeah, yeah. And she just like loses it and slaps him for mm-hmm. real. And it's like that scene. It's like it's Gene Hackman and Angelica Houston yeah. just like going at it on the sidewalk. There's so many scenes in this movie where it just it's actors playing yeah. you know dialogue volleyball with each other. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Something so, that I think is really interesting is I feel like there's a lot of queer coding in this movie too. I don't know if you pick. We up should on that. talk about yeah, that. We should talk about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is something that I feel like so many people latched onto this movie just in general. Right. Yeah. This movie launched a thousand like basic ass bitch like Margot Tenenbaum, Richie Tenenbaum mm-hmm, costumes mm-hmm. for Halloween. Well, and also cute, kind fine, of like great. An early uh, when you're getting into film when you're a teenager. Wes Anderson's just kind of one of those auteurs that yeah. you can just sort of latch on to just yeah. because a lot of his is aesthetics. His aesthetics Aesthetic, are yeah. just so yeah, yeah. just but full for, choices. Yeah. But for yeah. me, anytime I see Margot and Richie like at a Halloween party, they're mm-hmm. just the Basicest, assist, yeah. whitest, assist, like yeah. couple, right? <laughs> but, you know, the caucasity of it the all, the caucasity of the two of them. Yes, but at the, and so it, it kind of everybody has something to mm-hmm. latch on to in yeah. in this movie in particular. But I do agree that there's a lot of like. Well, there's just there's so let's 
get into that. Yeah, I think <laughs> for each of the kids, there's just an otherness about them, and, yes. and I think it goes back to you know their 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 child geniuses. Yeah. Who you know they grow up, they're stunted, they're in this arrested development. Yeah. But there's just there's an otherness about each of the three of them where they just don't quite click. Yeah. With they don't click with each other. Right. They certainly don't click with society. Um, I mean, I, I think in the in the movie they, it makes it pretty clear that Margot is bisexual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she yeah, has yeah. in the in the her montage, Ramon's montage, right, where she has mm-hmm. her little a lesbian phase. Mm-hmm. Um. But even with with Richie and uh, Chaz, um, there's just there's something about their isolation, yeah. That I think you know, and and I could be projecting, right? You know, right, right. but as a as a young queer kid growing up, I identified so much with their isolation as individuals yeah. and not really fitting in with the family unit, yeah. and not fitting in mm-hmm. with society. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you even see it with. Owen's character, what is Owen's character's name? Eli. Eli, mm-hmm. you know, watching them from across the street. And I always wanted to be a Tenenbaum. And mm-hmm. just kind of like not really kind of the life that he had was just like, well, I just live here with my aunt and I sleep on this, you know, rollaway bed mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And that's the life that I want that's mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. That's across the street. Because he you know? sees them yeah. growing up in this in this decadent house yeah. and this generational yeah. wealth and, yes. you know, a, a loving mother. But there's, you know, so much dysfunction in that yeah. as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absolutely right because, yeah, there's – it's 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 the otherness that mm-hmm. yeah that they yeah. that they all have and the the whole child genius um aspect of it and um I also think I really uh kind of think the unfulfilled potential theme of this movie is really Ooh. interesting. Yeah. Is this that sort does of resonate child <laughs> as geniuses that were Look. in probably like the uh the gifted programs that when they they get you know, older as they a gifted do, and childhood gifted, gifted and, and talented, talented child, child myself <laughs> who is staring at 30 this year yeah. um there is a lot in this movie that that resonates and, and mm-hmm. it's hard there's mm-hmm. some just spin some deep truths yeah you know totally. that's why it's always good to be the underperforming hey <laughs> under promise over deliver mm-hmm. that's what yep. <laughs> that's my motto yep mm-hmm. um there's a meme going around that i just saw today um I'm going to see if I can dig it up in my uh, saves because I saved it. And um, it really hit me Hmm. about um, older generations that are like, you can't all have anxiety and depression are the same ones that gave us a game called Perfection in which if you weren't perfect in a limited amount of time, the board literally blew up in your face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was just something about the 70s and the 80s and the those, 90s even. Those games always gave me so much anxiety when I was uh, a kid. Of oh, no things way. like gifted and talented programs yeah. and uh, AP classes. And I feel like and when I was a kid, I was never included in any of that. And no. still to this day, I still have kind of a chip on my shoulder when yeah. it comes to like yeah. anything mm. like that. Honors classes, yep. oh, advanced, yeah. and yeah. just the name advanced, advanced placement. placement. It's like yeah. you are advanced then. Mm-hmm. The rest of these Idiot nose picker rejects in your. Were you an AP kid? No. Oh, I was the kid. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, here's and here's the thing. If you ask my mom, who says I'm handsome, <laughs> um, I probably could have or sure. should have been sure. in AP and mm-hmm. placement, you know, honors, yeah. all that stuff. 
I just hated school so mm. much and it wasn't the school part it was going to school and mm-hmm. being around all those people yeah. that made me just completely shut down so i barely graduated high school mm. you know my grades were so horribly bad and i went to a private school where we paid tuition for me to go mm. and i was not thankfully knock on wood i was not uh, in um, financial aid or mm-hmm. work study or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So because I was paying a full ride, yeah. they were just like, come on back next year, even though you have all D minuses. Yeah. Just keep on paying that tuition, bitch. You know, but I was such a poor student, not because I didn't know the work or yeah. whatever, but it was because it was just so bad for me. Sure environmentally to be there and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And so that's a whole like other thing with like bullying and all that. Yeah. But, um, were th- that not the case mm-hmm. and it was just like, Hey, I could just actually be myself and mm-hmm. not worry about all that and focus on my yeah. studies. I most likely probably would have been mm-hmm. in some sort of, you know, mm-hmm. advanced placement or honors or, or mm-hmm. you know, something. But what did happen was, Hell no, I barely graduated. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I think for me, watching this movie now that I'm older, at, looking back as a kid, there was something so, like, tragically glamorous yes. about yes. Yes. the three kids, yes. you know? And I was yeah. just, I wanted to aspire to that. I wanted to smoke cigarettes wistfully on the roof of my, yeah. my house, right? Yeah. Wearing a fur coat. Of your three-story house um, or four-story yeah. or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, being a AP kid <laughs> and being an overachiever, yeah. you know, all of my life. Yeah. And, you know, now that I'm, I'm about to turn 30, mm-hmm. I'm looking back and I'm, and, and there's, um, there's a lot about where these, <laughs> where these adults are that I'm like, fuck this, yeah. this hits. Yeah. This yeah. hits hard. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, it's, it's interesting that you brought up as we were watching it that, um, this kind of maybe spawned Arrested Development. Yeah, you mentioned that, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And it makes total sense. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense in the way that we've been talking about recently um, how uh, friends may or may not have been spawned off of Singles? Singles. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I think that we were discussing both singles and reality bites. And reality bites. And reality yeah. Bites, and yeah. I'm just saying like, hey, we can work this into yeah. – and kind of filter it down. Mm-hmm. And Friends, obviously, I think it's a really funny All show. of those characters are sort <laughs> of <laughs> its own thing. I will yeah. stand by that's, Friends. That's the hill. That, gonna, that is the hill I'm going to okay. die on. That All Friends right. is a good show. Y'all heard it first. Heard it here first. Um Arrested Development obviously has a little bit more of kind of a, I don't know, prestige comedy yeah, kind yeah. of a factor mm-hmm. to it. But it tracks so much when you think about it. Absolutely. Like, oh, obviously. Well, like, you've got like the, the kids that are in their Arrested Development yeah, state. You've yeah. got the kind of the, – the parallels between um, the Portia character and the Gwyneth character yeah. Yeah. are yeah. very, very strong. Um, Who would be the uh, – I mean, I guess – I guess the Chaz is the Jason Bateman. The Jason Bateman character, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like it's Richie, but I don't know. I feel, yeah. Richie's it's, not, it's hard. Richie's not yeah. quite. It's not quite analogous, but, you yeah. know, you can draw parallels. But you got, like, yeah. you got three kids. Yeah. You've got the deadbeat dad. Mm-hmm. You've got the narration. Mm-hmm. You know, the generational the wealth. Generational wealth. Yeah. Generational wealth yeah. sort of uh, giving this family history with the narration. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. cutaways. I yep. think, um, uh, a parallel movie to Royal Tenenbaums that came out kind of around this time was um, Igby Goes Down. Yes, sure. Have yeah. you seen yeah. that? Yeah, that was yeah. that was and that was compared to um, probably to to its detriment. It was compared to Wes Anderson a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Igby Goes Down. Big thing was that it was. It was like this modern retelling of Catcher in the Rye. Well, also, I mean, speaking of Catcher in the Rye, <laughs> oh, I know so that parallels. a yeah. big yeah. influence of the script yeah, is Franny and Zoe. Franny, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, running away to the... Well, that's the thing about the... Uh, we have to... I mean, we can talk a little bit about Alec Baldwin. <laughs> so I was kind of, I was kind of finding a, kind of an interesting, shady piece of... Kind of trivia about uh-huh. the movie that Alec Do has tell. claimed that the narrator was never intended for the movie, and something that the studio suggested, and they brought they brought Alec in for. What? Wes Anderson has denied this. I don't believe that. And that, that oh. apparently, when you look at early drafts of the script, the narration is present because yep. the chapter. Mm-hmm. The prologue, the, pro- all yeah. the books are yeah. there. The How chap- would that prologue yeah. work without no, narration? Need, yeah. But yeah, Alec, about this, Alec Baldwin. Kind of, I think that he said that at one of the the Tribeca Film Festival. I don't know about this. Yep. One. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I'm going to jump on Instagram Live right now. I think he's still talking to Woody. <laughs> <laughs> I, right. Those those think, bullshit interviews with yeah. Woody Allen. I think he's still talking unbearable. to Woody right now. Yeah. I've got Ilaria on uh, <laughs> on speed dial. Um, I do want to say really quick though yeah. that the the prologue for this movie is probably like one of the best pieces oh, of film so i tried good. to trim like the, i tried to trim the prologue to today for the opening intro. and yeah. it was too long and i it's couldn't a, do yeah. it yeah. but it's but it's great mm-hmm. it's, and i think right now in 2022 you can't listen to it and just not hear alec baldwin yeah but it's fine but Whatever. alec baldwin it's has alec. a really and good he's got a very distinctive ha- has voice. a really good distinctive voice yeah. and yeah. he's got he's got the joe bluth Everybody's going to talk like this. Yep. <laughs> He's got the Joe Bluth voice. Um, but yeah, the the narration is, it's it's iconic. It's it's integral to the telling of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I don't know, just the, the, it's that thing that when you're watching it, you're, you're mm-hmm. just seeing these characters and getting these intros. Yeah. And it's... <sighs> This is going to lead us into our kind of Wes Anderson auteur yes. conversation. Sure. You know, yep. yeah. this is introducing the Wes Anderson font, which we discovered was. Was Futura. Futura. Yep. <laughs> Not Helvetica. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good sans serif. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, you get the Wes Anderson font. You've mm-hmm, got the mm-hmm. people looking directly into the camera, the camera. doing their yeah the cast of characters. Business. Yeah, um, everybody sort of wears uh, their costume. Yeah, yep. yeah, they have their uniform that they wear. Um, you know, the the music is very precise for mm-hmm. every scene. It's mm-hmm. very intentional, and in it's in, in in how it's picked out. Um, I think that, and I think that was a big turnoff for a lot of. At least older people like our right. parents. Right. Of when you see them, like, why are they wearing the same thing? What? Yeah, what's yeah. going on with the costumes? What's going on? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think the theatricality of it, too, That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. Because I think 
people of a certain age or generation, mm-hmm. if they're coming from this like post seventies realism, sure, yeah, in mm-hmm. film, then they see this movie that is mm-hmm. so intentionally a movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like Lives wait, in its own kooky not, universe. This yeah. is not what Francis Ford Coppola taught me uh, exactly. what a good movie is. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. this is a throwback to, mm-hmm. and I know this got a lot of comparisons, especially in the intro mm-hmm. to something like the Magnificent Ambersons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, if you watch that movie, is nothing like the Royal Tenement Moms, but has an intro scene. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And concerns a family yes. that's yeah, dysfunctional. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, and it has Agnes Moorhead from Bewitched. I, I, I've, I've never seen <laughs> Most importantly, I've never seen the Magnificent Ambersons. It's um, I, need, I need to see it though. It's uh, it, is it Orson Welles? No, it is Orson. It Wells. is Orson Welles. Okay. Um, and I think it is. You can watch it on Criterion Channel. There which you go. I'll give you, I will give you a login for. Um, I think of a lot of. I remember watching the movies of uh, Tati, like Ta- Jacques Tati. Yeah, Jacques yeah. Tati, yeah. like Monocle. Yeah, I think that yeah, kind of Wes Anderson probably referencing movies right. like that coming from right. Europe in the '60s, like that. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and all of his films were at least up now going forward. They all kind of have that '60s, '70s yeah. Yeah. feel to it, where it's like, unless it specifically calls in, and Royal Tenenbaums, it does say it is it takes place in 2001, but you know, the style is anything but modern. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a just proliferation of analog technology yep. mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, every and it, it goes hand in hand with the characters' arrested development, and mm-hmm. that they are dressed as their as their kid self, kid self, which mm-hmm. was in the seventies. I also, I mean, this is probably also a lazy comparison uh, that mm-hmm. would be brought up in like a a film theory class. But I also see a lot of Hal Ashby. Oh, easy. Mm, Harold easy. Maud being yeah. there. I, rem- oh, for I sure. remember, when I, remember yeah. when I watched Harold and Maud and I was like, oh, Wes Anderson is the Hal Ashby of the 2000s. Like, I r- yeah. literally remember yeah. that clicking. And you've in my never, head. and I don't think I've ever showed you being there with, with Shirley MacLaine. I mean, I've seen being there, but and, like, uh, years ago, yeah. Uh, Peter Sellers. Yeah. And that character is just sort of stuck in his, mm-hmm. like, sort of in this singular universe that he. Yeah, lived at yeah, yeah, yeah. and created, and he yeah. has to go out in the outside world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's just something about that aesthetic, that like that analog. Mm-hmm. Margot Tannenbaum locking the bathroom door with her big with toe, her toe, and like <laughs> the little TV tied to the radiator. Mm-hmm. Chaz's desk, Ch- I love. <sighs> Just sort of that, the, like, those little notes of production design. Every mm-hmm. yeah, all that shit is just so like feels handmade. I don't know. Yeah. There's something about like modern society times that just doesn't have that like visceral Gravitas, kind of yeah tangibility. Handmade, I mean, it's, yeah. it's also why kinetic feel. Yeah. Somebody like Wes Anderson, uh, his style lends itself to animation really well. Like True, Isle yeah, of the Dogs yeah, and yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Both are great. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, I do have to say that as his uh, yes, filmography, yeah. as his milieu has mm-hmm. like gone forward, yeah. it's, it does wear on me a little bit as a viewer. And where, I, where did he? Where did he lose you? I was. 
Okay. I will say I was all in for uh, Grand Budapest. Mm-hmm. More so than uh, Life Aquatic. I, yeah. I wanted to be there for yeah, Life Aquatic. Yeah, I remember I yeah. like this one. I remember cool. all of the buzz leading yeah. up to Life Aquatic when I was uh, starting college yeah. and going to it with my sister. Yeah. And just being like, I really wanted to love it. Yeah. I'm, just gonna, like, I'm just going to tell people that I loved it. And there's like <laughs> yeah. Sigarose is in there yeah. like as like score. The ending has all of that cool animation there's in it too. stop motion mm-hmm. animation yeah. for the undersea creatures. Like oh, yeah. all this shit. And like I'm, t- I'm here to say like the – I'd like to revisit it. The mm-hmm. cross section of the ship, mm-hmm. like, all that shit. Great. Great, right? Uh, Kate Blanchett. Love it. Mm. It also really it also really underperformed when it came it out. Did. Like yeah. it was yeah. I think it lost a lot yeah. of money. And I think yeah. that was his last movie that he did for yeah. Touchstone. Yeah. Mm. The uh Portuguese Bowie mm-hmm. <laughs> covers. Mm-hmm. Great, you know. Mm-hmm. But all together as a whole, yeah. not we we're comparing it yeah. nonstop in our heads to Royal Tenenbaums, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um I think Grand Budapest was it was there. It yeah. was his all, most. It's yeah. his most like awards yeah. success that he's al- ever had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember really liking Moonrise Kingdom. Yes, Moonrise Kingdom was a, a, a good dip back up. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in terms of, I think accessibility. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think all of his films are accessible. I think, I right. think Royal Tenenbaums is an accessible film. Rushmore yeah. is certainly accessible. Um, but as as we go along and along, like I. I couldn't stand Darjeeling Limited. I I liked. I think I liked Darjeeling. I, I think I saw it twice in I the didn't, theater. I didn't care yeah. for it. And I, I remember and we, for it. And we talked about this earlier. Um, uh, French Dispatch. I yeah. turned off halfway yeah. through. We, none, none of I the three we, of us finished I think this we got, movie. I think we got to like the first 20 minutes yeah. of it. We, yeah. we turned it off real quick. Mm-hmm. There was just something about it that it was so dense it's and like, talky. We, we get it. That I'm just like, I, I can't focus on this right now. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it's... It's almost a parody of yeah. it, a yes. Wes Anderson. Yes. It's like the honest trailers. Like we know of a Wes Anderson. Yeah. We know Wes Anderson yeah. doesn't move the camera. We know, you know, yeah. we know there's voiceover. We yes. know there's, and, and it's all thrown in there, mm-hmm. and it's top loaded, and we're just like, what's happening? Yeah, so yeah, we didn't finish that one, mm-hmm. but you know, I think of of the tropes and of the kind of like. Um, Essential Wes Andersonisms mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah, they're all there in this movie, and yeah. you know, even down to not just the soundtrack, but like the score mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. Mark, Mark Mothersbaugh. Mothers yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you guys, mm-hmm. shit, Devo, Devo, I mean, come on, Devo. Yeah, yeah, get the fuck out of yeah. here. And in 2001, that was like, okay, all right, all right. He did the, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark Mothersbaugh did the score for 13, the last movie that you were on. Nah. That's okay. wow. It come back on with another, come back on with another Mark Mothersbaugh. There you go. Score. All right, we'll <laughs> do the Rugrats <laughs> movie next. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my God. We, we, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Can you imagine if we did the Rugrats movie? I mean, I, I actually could. could. I think that would be awesome, actually. Is that in Paris or is that a different movie? Oh, Rugrats in Paris. Ooh, that's I the mean, whole that's other. That's the gayer of the that's two. That's even gayer. Okay. Yeah. That, I, just remember, I just remember when last season of Drag Race was going on, who, was, who, who wore the beret 
in the oh yes <laughs> what oh my god what's her name i don't remember she's from fresno they all bleeded together uh lady camden no no oh, no uh yeah, yeah yeah the the pastel princess <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh it's gonna yeah, bother me now one. she wore a beret and we said it was yeah. right and they said it was rugrats okay you rugrats paris. you should do a, a rugrats in paris and shrek 2 double feature oh, for, for all the millennials Can you imagine mm. <laughs> I can actually. I know. I'm like, actually, I can watch this. Um, Deja Sky. Deja, Deja Sky. Sky. Yeah, there you go. This is how I picture the director of Rugrats in Paris looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. I mean, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. This is uh, beyond my time <laughs> mm-hmm. in the opposite direction, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Um, so. Talked a little bit about the generational wealth in this movie, but I want to get into some nitty gritty of this for sure because sure. there's some like funny ass shit going on. Yeah, and I know everything is so super intentional in mm-hmm. this movie. Um, we see like Richie Tenenbaum, who, granted, he had his own career as a professional tennis mm-hmm. player, right? Yep. He threw it all away because of his love for Margot and her marriage to Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. Um, So he had some of his own money at some point. Yeah. I would imagine a great Mm -hmm. deal. And then he decides to live the rest of his life on a cruise ship. Yeah. At first, I thought, it, at first I thought no. it was like a charted boat for him. But no, it's like, no, it's yeah, like a little, it's like a little mini cruise ship. Because show. there's little... Uh, like senior citizen, yeah. rich people on this boat. No, this was like some Queen Elizabeth yes. two. Like, this is the QE two. This is the QE two. Yeah, yeah. You know, Richard. Uh, you know, Dennis Quaid yeah. and <laughs> is getting married. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, where is this fucking dough coming from? That this motherfucker is just you know. on this chartered cruise. He saw both pull the narration said he's yeah. on both poles. He saw like yeah. he went all over the world on this boat with his like. Pocket pepper shaker mm-hmm. for his goddamn his bloody, Marys. bloody Marys. Yeah, and I kind I I do love. That. I was gonna say I don't know. I have a love hate relationship. Mm-hmm. No, I love the fact that these characters have little esoteric bits mm-hmm. yeah. that aren't even called out in the movie. That yeah. when you watch them as many times as the three of us mm-hmm. have watched them, we all know. Obviously, Richie Tenenbaum drinks Bloody Marys. Yes, mm-hmm. duh. But this is not something that's mm-hmm. ever mentioned. Yeah, you just if you watch it, you yeah. see it everywhere. I suppose he goes, that he with uh, with um, Margot, it's the it's the Izod, or no, it's the it's the Lacoste. Those Lacoste, Lacoste dresses, Lacoste, Lacoste dresses, yeah, and a and a, a penny loafer, penny loafer. Mm-hmm. She's got her Baswegians and she's got her Birkin bag. The per- the Birkin bag. I like to think. That, I like to Donovan, think when they were doing wardrobe tests and they had like. The costume designer, I can't remember who did the costumes of this movie. And but Gwyneth was like, it's they probably be, just it's had like designer bags like lined out in front oh, of her. And sure. she's just like, yeah. I'll be taking this one. Absolutely. But the thing is about a Birkin and about an Hermes mm-hmm. is that it doesn't call attention to itself. No. That it is yep. a fancy yeah. bag. It's yeah. just a beautiful mm-hmm. classic piece mm-hmm. that Margot Tenenbaum would wear. Yeah. It's that quiet yeah. luxury. She's yeah. wearing penny loafers mm-hmm. and a Lacoste dress, like shirt dress, mm-hmm. and a fucking and she's rocking twenty thousand dollar bag. Dollar bag, yeah. As one, and, and also in a fur coat, which is probably yeah, like yeah. fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, 
yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was something to me that like watching this movie and just being like, wait, so there's a ballroom? Mm-hmm. In their house? The house. The <laughs> yeah. house is insane. The artwork is insane. <sighs> you know, and... I'm, and I'm, the, the artwork, which mm-hmm. is... In the movie, it's Richie's It's all Richie's artwork. artwork. Yeah. yeah. In reality, it's Wes Anderson's brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who... I remember... Uh, created all the time. There was... Yeah. Also did there the was Rushmore. A, there was yeah. a premiere magazine spread of yes. all of the... All of the art of this movie that's yeah. just in the background. Yeah. They yeah. had it all in the I magazine. Think, I think yep. it's in the Criterion uh, booklet as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the... You know, it's it's corny to say that, like, the house is like... But it it is. Kind of is. is. Which which bedroom would you want to live in? You know, I think about Margot's room. I want Margot's room. I think I want Margot's room, and I think about the African wallpaper. Oh, yeah, the zebra. (laughs) And I think about the Africa room in the Thomas house. Oh, sure. (laughs) Yeah, because my uh, my parents have an Africa room. I never thought about that. Oh, do they? But really? His parents right. have an Africa room oh, yeah. in their house. That and is, that is it's very. Not, like, it sounds like a story. It's a guest room. That is and very Margot Tenenbaum. And when we That's stay funny. there, they're always like, "Oh, you're st- you're going to stay. Like, you're going to stay in Africa." There's like African masks on the walls. Yeah, and, yeah. yes, <laughs> there are <laughs> art that my mom bought in like South Africa in yeah, Africa that because is some white people. The Thomases are fucking like yeah, world travelers, and they go to. They just go to Africa. We're just gonna, okay. We're just going to Africa this week. I'm like, oh, oh cute. We're, go, we're well, going to Mauro. More generational wealth. <laughs> they're actually they're actually going next month. They're going next month, oh, and, as yeah. one does. As one does. Yes. And we will be going to the South Coast Plaza. Yeah. Um, did, your, did your mom pack her Birkin? <laughs> no. The ostrich. She mm, only takes yes. the ostrich. To Africa. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, the, I always I always think about the Marco's room has this like. African kind of motif in there, mm-hmm. and her plays have like yeah, kind of a, there's in, the, a jungle there's theme a jungle to all theme. of it. All of, yeah. the, all of the kids dressed up as animals. Yeah, yeah. in the first they're one just, with the weird just a, cruise ship, a bunch ship. of kids in costumes. Just, oh my god, I love that. I love. I love that Royal just he tries. He doesn't yeah. even talk down to the kids. He's just like, yeah, no. I, this play was garbage. <laughs> if we're di- if we're diagnosing, I would say Royal definitely has some classic narcissistic complex. Uh, yes, going on, <laughs> uh, just completely unfiltered, yeah. right? Unfiltered, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, zero. Well, I mean, he that, that's his whole redemption arc, right? Is he becomes empathetic at right. the end, but right. you know, in the, in the prologue, you really see that there's he he doesn't treat his children as children; he treats yeah. them as as adults, mm-hmm, which you know. Mm-hmm. You know, probably There's did lead to pros their- and cons to all of that. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way he, where he constantly refers to Margot as his adopted. This daughter. is my adopted daughter, Margot mm-hmm. Tenenbaum. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> their their bedrooms are crazy, but this this house is like. Uh, I think definitely, I would not want to live in Chaz's room. No linoleum floor. Lin- <sighs> Bunk beds, yeah, like, no, just so industrial. Office. Well, yeah, yeah just very yeah. like practical, industrial. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. he's a Chaz has he's a, a businessman. Chaz has a lot more issues than his wife died. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. So of, there's a little bit of OCD involved. There's definitely uh, yeah. OCD. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he's the oldest. 
I right? think so. I would say yeah. so. Yeah. And, yeah. and then there's just the jealousy issues between him and mm-hmm. Richie um, because mm-hmm. Richie was clearly the favorite yes. of the three children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were just talking about when we were watching the crown. When we were watching the crown today. Yeah. Yes. There's oh, that scene where they yeah. talk about who the favorite. Who the she favorite was like is. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, she's regretting that one now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I take it that with Prince Philip, it's probably Princess Anne. Oh, Anne. Is yeah, Anne. Favorite. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. he says too. I think he says he says, he says it right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which uh, mm-hmm. I can't. The, these rich white people, man, they straight up yeah. tell you who their favorite is. That's a white people. Are you shit. the favorite? <laughs> no, 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 of course not. I'm the one that moved no. away. <laughs> um, what else were we talking? What else were we talking about in the movie that I was like, that is some white people shit. There was something that well, was we were talking about that on 13. Uh, yeah, yeah, 13. Mm-hmm. And then, but on this one too, I was like, what is going on here? Um, yeah, I uh, Richie has the attic. Mm-hmm. Which would be cool because it's I, the attic. I yeah. like so. I, I like would Richie's like room. I would like to live in the attic, and it's all painted mm-hmm. that he yeah. painted himself. That's yeah. cute. And then he also has his little gallery in the ballroom. The ballroom. <laughs> yep. Keep saying. Um, I like Richie's little tent that he puts up with when uh, yeah his yeah, dad is staying yeah. in his room. Yeah, tent is cute. And that's like I mean it's that it's that cute little Wes Anderson like set. Of just this looks the like tent inside the this house looks like yeah. a little and diorama inside of when yeah. you see it film. <laughs> There's he's got the full record player, he's got the matchbox yeah. cars, like all this yeah. shit going on. So like tent. because I, I was a kid when I watched this movie for the mm-hmm. first time and became just fixated on it. Yeah. It really it it did make me want to be more artistic. Yes. I wanted yeah. to be like these kids, yeah. right? So like I watched this movie, I was like, Well, I wanna write a play. Yeah. I'm gonna start writing. You know, I wanna paint, so I started painting. Um, yeah, it just, you know, just shows you but what kind of a, type a nerd I was. Yeah. But you didn't say like, I want to have like a business and like sell weird animals. Yeah. I didn't want to sell Dalmatian yeah. mice. That was, that one didn't really negotiate the, negotiate yeah, the sale the of sale. my <laughs> father's summer house. Like summer house. house. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and that's the thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like there are certain, these kids are aspirational as yeah. geniuses, mm-hmm. but for like little queer kids, None of us wanted to be Chaz. No. We all wanted to be Richie and Margo yeah. because they had creative, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel like we all wanted to be either Richie or Chad, but I feel like. Or Richie or Margo. Or, or Richie or Margo, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've always related more to the Eli character across the Aww. street. Aww. <laughs> that's always sort of been me, too. Well, you wanted to be yep. a Tenenbaum. Now I feel like a Chaz, but that's because I got some daddy issues that I'm <laughs> still working on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really, though, is the heart of this movie mm-hmm. too is Royal's redemption yeah. with mm-hmm. specifically with Chaz, yeah. I think, you know, um, that's, those are the mm-hmm. scenes at the end when, you know, when Chaz and Royal are kind of like finally getting yeah. on the same page and, and the boys were, yeah. you know, just, I love, I love that line when, um, they find out that he doesn't have cancer and they kick him out of the house and, yeah. and Royal says, t- t- uh, tells Chaz like, you know, be good to your boys. I hope this doesn't happen to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, you don't, cause he sees like, you're fucking riding these kids yeah. really hard. So mm-hmm. you don't know in like 15 years, right. they could just be like, fuck you, dude. Absolutely. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with this anymore mm-hmm. and leave. Yeah, totally. So it's like this warning to Chaz, mm-hmm. like, don't, don't do this to your kids. What I, what I did to you, to you guys. Yeah. 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 Um, 
But some of the some of the lines though with like with with Chaz especially, you know, when he's like I've got cancer and like all those scenes early mm-hmm. on with with the kids as adults. Yeah. Like there's some really funny stuff going on in there. But all the cemetery scenes when they go to uh to go visit the grave of Chaz's wife. Oh, and yeah. your uh, mother was a terribly attractive woman. <laughs> mother was a terribly attractive woman. We have two we have two we have two bodies to visit. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's always just something. Oh, we got another like, body here. Like, yeah. Hell of a grave. Wish it was mine. Wish <laughs> Yeah, man. It's just like Royal just, he just has no filter. No filter. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. So kind of another thing that I really like when revisiting this movie mm-hmm. is just sort of the the hidden New York aspect of yeah. all yeah. of these locations. Yeah. The, the, the cemetery scene I always think of because I just think of like, wow, this is just like in the middle of New York City. Yeah. Like in the major, in the middle of a major metropolitan sure. city is just this this cute little graveyard. And, and it's like these levels. Mm-hmm. It's like this interesting. Kind of stuff like, like this. Yeah. Um, we looked up that the Tenenbaum's house is in, uh, in Harlem. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sort of. And there's not really major new york landmarks in this movie like you never well, see anything of, and you never see anything of like times square you yeah. never see shots of the brooklyn bridge like yeah. you do in pretty much any movie set in new york yeah. yeah and i remember watching the commentary and uh when they were directing one of the scenes i think that it's when uh pagoda mm-hmm. tells um royal tells royal that his wife is engaged yeah mm. and they block it that he's standing right in front of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And Gene Hackman just, like, mentioning to Wes Anderson, like, why are you framing it like this? Like, why am mm. I standing? Like, why aren't you showing the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm standing right, <laughs> I'm standing right in like, front of Like, why are we here if we're not yeah. seeing it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just sort of, just all of those weird little directing choices yeah, that are yeah. just so Wes. I can't imagine Gene Hackman and Wes Anderson got on very well. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. that he was just like, all right, kid, like, whatever. You, you seem to know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me my check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just gives me like Jack Palance, like talking shit to like Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this fucking kid. And Although Wes Anderson was probably well into his thirties at this point. But I mean, Gene Hackman's still with us, but it's going to be one of those things that when he does pass, mm-hmm. it's going to be on the very top of his o- obituary. Like, oh, for star sure. of French Connection in Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. Yeah. Like, passes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk really quick about the soundtrack. Do you have yes. a favorite song on this soundtrack? <laughs> I think I do. Or do we I all, do. Are we all going to say the same one? Okay. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I mean, and, and this is obvious. This is movies that made us gay. So obviously, I'm going to go with Nico <laughs> on this one. We started the episode on, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I just I had never heard anything like that. Yeah, same. When I first watched mm-hmm. this movie, and, and yeah, yeah, I don't think I was yeah. terribly familiar with Velvet Underground at all. Same, yeah. Like I, I mean, maybe I had seen Velvet Goldmine, and mm. that's like the closest that I would oh, have ever come so good. to, yeah. yeah. To them, um, I would say that mine is probably the Nick is the Nick Drake song, and it's playing when uh, when Richie um, walks out of the hospital and, and he mm. goes home. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, and he goes up to Margot in the tent. Yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. wistful song. I like that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
when also, I mean, there's a big Elliot Smith song. I mean, I definitely went through a big Elliot Smith phase Needle when I was hay. in high school. Um, I really like the Hey Jude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the cover the is cover. just yeah. That version of Hey Jude is not on the official soundtrack. I burn this off of your old Mac. It is on your copy of it. Oh, okay. You that, somehow okay. got an extended edition of it. The Mutato Musica Orchestra? Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't think that is on the original soundtrack. Oh, I somehow got it from this little website that you might be familiar with. It's www.limewire. Oh, I thought, I thought oh, you were going to say Kazaa. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that's still in that copy stole on my phone. Cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, okay. That's where that's where I got it from. <laughs> Cuz that was right around that time. Yeah, I think I was really super just into that that Hey Jude cover. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So yeah. good. Again, like you wa- you watching this movie like I had just I had never seen something that was like so it was so intentional, it was so theatrical, yes. it was so planned, yeah. you know, it, it it was planned, but in theatrical, but precise at the yeah. same time. Yeah. You know, just, mm-hmm. yeah. So just, profound. I mean, those character intros yeah. where it's just, it's literally their like opening credits of like a television show, like yeah. the, the actor's name and everyone that you see, it's like Royal mm-hmm. Gene Hackman and he's getting like a face mask pulled off. I love off. Yeah. Like he's getting his facial. Yeah. yeah. And and then a cigarette right into his mouth. Yes. You know? And like they're all just doing mm-hmm. these very specific mm-hmm. character driven things. And yeah, it's just, it's so theatrical, but it just puts you right into this mindset of what this is going to be. It's very much like, you know, we had, we just rewatched Moulin Rouge because we're in a Baz Luhrmann kind of a mood. Yeah, yes. we just in saw a 2001 yep. mood. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. a 2001 mood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Baz has these kind of, like, rules of his movies that, like, this is going to be crazy, this mm-hmm. is going to be kooky, and mm-hmm. I want you to know, as a viewer, what you're in for. So you're going to get it all really top-loaded at the front of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Wes does that with, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. with those intros and mm-hmm. and all of that. You know, people talk about, I mean, we've covered a lot of movies of 1999 on this mm-hmm. show, but 2001, like you're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially at this time with movies yeah. that September 11th had just happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like audiences just sort of wanted escapism yeah. and maybe that there is something about this movie that it is this it does provide sort that. of this mm-hmm. New York fable mm-hmm. that I think moviegoers really liked that was an ex- it was it was escapism like there's nothing yeah, in this movie yeah. that really resembled new york in yeah. 2001 it was more of a postcard of new york from like decades earlier mm-hmm. so maybe that sort of had a part of why Very people connected with this movie when it was when it came out yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. um i i often talk to you, Scott, about my kind of litmus test for for movies that may be a little bit more avant-garde or a little bit more, like, out of the box. Mm. And I often talk about, like, will my mom and my aunt get this? Will yeah. Melinda oh, yeah. and just Margie, like, you're, like yeah. understand yeah. what is going on? And will they appreciate it? Yeah. Uh, I do think that at the time that Melinda, that my mom was a little bit on the, like, What's with the what's with the costumes? Mm-hmm. What's, with the, what's with the wardrobe? Yeah. I think she would be more into it now. But I think now I think she'd yeah, be a little sure. bit more. Yeah, 
um, open to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think this is a little bit universe. I, yeah, I think at the time it, it was a little jarring to people. But. I mean, it's probably why when the Oscar nominations came out that yeah. it only ended up with the nomination for Wes Anderson, Noah Wilson. That like it couldn't crack Best Picture, mm-hmm. Director. I mean, I don't really know if. I mean, I guess that Gene Hackman had just won the Globe, mm-hmm. so yeah. he probably would have been the closest actor that could have gotten the nomination. Yeah. 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 And even Gene Hackman at the time, I mean, he had already won like twice. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't going to be the career win because yeah. he already had that win. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there wasn't really any love for Angelica Houston. Gwyneth at the time was still going on, was still going yeah. up a lot of backlash. Yeah. For winning for Shakespeare in Love, so she really wasn't oh, on the table yeah. to get any recognition for Margot. And I mean, I think that it just took Hollywood. I mean, until uh, Grand, Budapest Grand Budapest to yeah, really yeah. like sweep. Yeah, the, yeah, I guess that his really accept him. His follow up nomination would have been for Fantastic Mr. Fox in animation. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, which did not win. Correct. No, no, yeah, up one that year. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, I haven't uh, completed uh, Isle of Dogs. Oh, you should. You should. It's yeah, cute. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't we, remember if I have. I think we started it, and I may have fallen asleep. I don't know if you finished it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's cute. You, yeah, you should you should give it a watch. It's it's very charming, and it's it just makes you want to hug a dog. <laughs> and I love stop motion animation. Yeah. I think stop motion animation is so charming. Just there's just something about that like physical handmade mm-hmm. you can tell that this is people put their mm-hmm. hands yeah. on this and created it. And that just goes so hand in hand with Wes Anderson's just kind yeah. of I was just aesthetic. thinking of that uh Tilda Swinton's been in a lot of the most recent Wes Anderson yeah. movies. Yes. I wonder where she could have fit in the world ten of months. Oh, right, right, right. There's, I mean, there's only two female characters. <laughs> I mean, I guess that she probably would have been the uh, should have been the Angelica, the Houston Angelica Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, or yeah, but that's that's the thing. It's like there are only two female characters in this whole movie. Yeah. yeah, but they're just so good that you don't even think about that. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's next on his docket? I don't know. Uh, does Scott, what do we a, have? Does he have a movie coming out here? Please hold. Yes. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Oh, okay. So he is doing Asteroid City this year uh, with Maya Hawk, Rupert Freend, and Tom Hanks and Margot what? Robbie. What? Yeah, I Tom mean, Hanks and Margot and Robbie. And this is a movie yeah. that there is not a lot known about this movie, but no. it looks like Maya Hawk is possibly the lead of it. Shot I'm in Texas, familiar. it looks like. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you look at the arc so for a movie like, what was his last movie? The French Dispatch. French Dispatch, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, that was leading Best Picture for most of the year 2000 when yeah. it was pushed. Yeah. And then it came out at Cannes last year. Yeah. And no one was talking about it. <laughs> Because they also all turned it off like we did. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone actually saw it. They said, ooh, mm-hmm. this is a lot. Yeah. But I mean, like, I probably need to finish it. Yeah, we should finish it. Mm-hmm. We'll finish it eventually. <laughs> all you West diehards out Looks there. Looks like they shot this new movie in Madrid. Madrid. Okay. Asteroid okay. City? Okay. Asteroid City and Plot Unknown. This rumored to like be a-, a love story set in Europe. 
Starring I, Maya Hawk. Sounds like a video I game. I like mm-hmm. that it doesn't have the Wes Anderson stock players in it, though. Yeah, that's interesting. Trisha Ronan characters. is not in this movie. Okay. No, no Tilda. Scarlet's in it. Um, Adrian Brody okay. is coming All back. Right, Tilda is in it. Uh, Tilda and Bill Murray are in it. And right, Jeffrey Wright. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. I'm sure that will probably get a December release or so. Yeah. Or, I mean, who knows? It may even be pushed to next year. Who knows? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this title. It's giving me 80s video game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But, um, I mean, uh, is World mm-hmm. Tenable streaming on anything right now? I wonder. Ooh, I don't think so. Well, you have to dig up your old uh, criterion. We have two. Yeah. We have two. <laughs> I've got one too. If anyone needs it, yeah. <laughs> because the as, DVD, though, yeah, they're all DVDs. The the three of ours. <laughs> we'll check on the old Just but Watch app. This movie is always one of this movie's always one that I sometimes go a while without watching. Yeah, and then when I do revisit it, I'm always like, "Fuck, this movie is great." I remember oh, right, when yeah. we last rewatched this movie, it was like. Deep in the 2020, like, pandemic. Yeah. And we just put it on one night when I got home. So good. It is. It's comforting, Mm -hmm. too. It's a very comforting movie, which, you know, going back to, like, when it came out. Yeah. Why it connected with audiences so much. There's just something so, I don't know, it just... It envelops you in its yeah, in its yeah. tone and its mm-hmm. mood. Yeah, I think for people who may not be familiar with it, especially younger mm-hmm. people, it may feel a little dated. But that's on purpose yeah. because of like the analog kind of feel. I mean, to all I don't know. It. I feel like young people are sort of used to this aesthetic a lot, mm-hmm. so maybe it doesn't look dated at all. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean something like because it is a movie from two thousand one, but there's like there's no cell phones and there's like yeah. all yeah. that, you know. Um but it's like things that we love that people that grew up around that time, even people my age who are still younger than these characters, but we all knew things like this closet full of board games yeah you know the board game closet board game, board game closet, closet. Yep. Is all, all that stuff is just yeah. like all right we get when that. when we he when he picks up the javelina i always <laughs> i always remember the javelina that, where's my javelina i always remember the javelina that we had in our house growing up yeah mm-hmm. yeah you listeners guys. did you have a javelina too in your house if so don't you all remember the javelina <laughs> right in your in. house because <laughs> scotcha remembers um but yeah i mean it, that's all it's all very intentional mm-hmm. and um you know and for fans of Wes Anderson now yeah. you know i think this is a movie that gets overlooked because sure mm-hmm. yeah yep mm-hmm. yeah but I you would, shouldn't overlook it but you shouldn't <laughs> no watch it and, but it's one of those things too that you know scott and i talk about this it's uh, a lot of people today are kind of like it's not on netflix it's not on hulu it's not on hbo max yeah, this one I'm I just, not going to watch. It. I just saw you got to you got to rent, you gotta this rent one, it. Guys. You know, yeah. you got to rent it. Sorry about it, yeah. but it's like what is it? Four three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Come on. Three ninety nine. Just skip your latte. Yeah. For the day. 
Yeah. <laughs> Skip your latte, find your 10-year-old pack of cigarettes that you hid yeah. as a kid. Yeah, and then watch a really fucking good movie. Mm-hmm. I was That's I was thing, telling you guys you know? when we were recording our old house on Bonnie Avenue on mm-hmm. our porch. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever we go to, like, Palm Springs or Vegas, we usually get a pack of cigarettes, and they will probably end up, end like, up on, our porch. on our porch. And mm-hmm. whenever I, like, find them, I always think of Margo. Yeah. Of that, <laughs> like, how stale are these? I'm going to have one. <laughs> I'm going to still... I'm gonna have one. I'm gonna I'm gonna smoke one. I've got a stash somewhere too, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. she had it in a little in like a little saran wrap. So yep. yeah, that you know keeping it fresh, kept the freshness in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like uh, you know, don't be afraid of movies that are not readily available on your streaming services. Yeah, yeah. you know, seek them out. There's so much shit mm-hmm. out there, and something like this, like we said, it's four dollars. Come yeah. on, $4. Rent it. You got it for 48 hours. Yeah. You watch it like so many times. If you're a fan <laughs> of Wes Anderson, seeing the movie that kind of begat mm-hmm. who Wes Anderson is yeah. now today. Yeah. Yeah. And you will see things like Arrested Development. And you will see yeah. things, you know, mm-hmm. like... There's parallels for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we strongly recommend watching mm-hmm. watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you can. It's gay as hell. <laughs> if you, like... Uh, Dying Come Back is one of these characters. Who do you think you are? Oh, jeez. Pagoda. <laughs> the javelina. I think of the javelina's head. <laughs> Uzi. Ooh. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, we all want to be Margot, yeah. but I would say, you know, I think there's something... There's something really charming about um, the Angelica Houston character. Yes. Like mm-hmm. she's a, she's a boss. Yes. She raised yeah. three kids to Love. be geniuses. Yeah, she is an, uh, an archaeologist, mm-hmm. interracial interracial couple. Absolutely so cute. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, Danny Glover. We love yeah. that. Yeah. We love to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I always just relate to the character of Eli, especially like growing up. That like at my friend's house, I was probably just the one that Scott would eventually like wander in. <laughs> to like just like weekends after school i can come too right mm-hmm. yeah but yeah when when royal's like why are you in your pajamas do you live here he has permission to sleep over but yeah uh i mean i i oh wish that God. i had eli's wardrobe and i do not have yeah. a drug problem <laughs> for the record <laughs> listeners i do wish that i had those pieces of art that are in oh eli's God, those apartment epic. those yeah. are wild mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah. And I'll be there with my with my pink polyester uh, bell bottoms. Yeah. As a pagoda. Yeah, just don't stab anyone. <laughs> I just will try not mm-hmm. to stab people. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much for coming back on. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks so oh, my much. God. We did this again. <laughs> Such a pleasure. You know, your your podcast is the highlight of my Yay. week. Um, so it is always a pleasure to be here talking with you, too. It's always fun to do movies from the 2000s. We don't do yeah. them a lot. So yeah. I, always, I always kind of jump at the opportunity whenever yeah, totally. a movie that did not come out, like, any time... From like yeah. 1999 yeah. or yeah. below. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to you got to do movies too that you know you, you're teaching the children. Pop the corn, feed the children. Absolutely. Right? We got we to do the <laughs> hidden gems every once in a while. <laughs> totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And it gives us uh, an excuse to hang out with our friends. Yes. friends. Yes. So thanks for coming Movie over. Night. Yeah, mm-hmm. and thanks for being on the Always show. Great. Yeah. But uh, until next time, we will do another episode with you shortly. We'll have to figure out which one it is. But until then, yes. I think I know. Oh, all oh, right. yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. tell anybody. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Until Bye. next time. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. I love this movie. Yes, indeed. We love this movie. Mm, we so love good. Donovan, our guest. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched the movie recently, but we watched this movie so much because it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. We're just happy to talk about it. But um, thanks for listening, everybody. Is it that time, Pete? It is that time. <laughs> Time for Patreon. Yay! Shoutouts. We would like to say hey and hello to all of our wonderful patrons, including Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rafino. Thanks so much. Thank you guys for subscribing to the Patreon. We've got lots of cool content on there. As we have been uh, a little bit ahead of the schedule, I am putting up the episodes early on Patreon mm-hmm. at any level. Absolutely. If you wanted to listen to next week's episode a little early. Yes. So even if you're our Chastity Pariah $1 patron, you can get early access to next week's episode. Like I put up this episode already like mm-hmm. last week absolutely and people had a chance to listen to it already yes, yes indeed. by the time this comes out so head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for all of our patreon tiers and levels and extra mm-hmm. footage we also would love it if you would write us a review give us five stars and pete yes is there a new review there's that a new review to read? yes indeed. i want to hear it this is all the way from the united kingdom jolly old england jolly old london town this is from apple podcast listener glenn eight nine two zero one nine via apple podcast great britain Five stars, hilarious podcast. I think I did listen to a few episodes of this podcast a few years ago, but I've recently rediscovered the podcast and I'm making my way through the back catalog. Thank you so much, Glenn, 89. 2019. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you so much for leaving us a five-star mm-hmm. review on Apple Podcasts because you know what? Every time those reviews get posted, something happens on the back end and it helps people to find our show. So. Yeah. Yeah, we love it. Read it, write a review. We'll read it on the air just like I did right now. I still think it's wild that people listen to us from other countries. I mean, isn't that I crazy? I don't know. Like, yeah. We've got quite a few reviews in Great Britain mm-hmm. and in Australia. In Australia, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's see. If you go to, well, this only goes back so far. I have to log into the Apple thing, but I can do that next time. But we've got quite a few. It's it's, uh, it's yeah. very cool. It's very cool. Australian mm-hmm. friends, thank you for listening. Thanks so much. British friends, thank you for listening. Everybody around the world. You we'll guys, make it over there one you. day. Yeah. Yeah, if you give us a place to stay, we'll head over there. But um, yeah, head over to Patreon and check out some of our fun additional features. Head over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review. review. We would be happy to read it. If you listen on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Yeah. Just smash that five-star button. It really helps. Yeah, it really does. Thank you so much. Um, So you can also follow us on social media. Uh, if uh, you're on any of those uh, social media platforms, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. And on Twitter at NTMUGPod. Yes, indeed. So go ahead and give us a follow over there. And if you want to follow our personals, feel free. My name is Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and Twitter. I'm uh, Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, everybody. Until next week, we will see you then. Bye. Bye.